This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. McCourt for the win. In the air. It is up. And it is good. Fourth and 16. Pressure comes. And Matt Orbebe with the ball in the air. Makes the catch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another quarantined edition of Oski Talk. My name is Anthony Pasquale with Patrick Catazone, and today leading us off in this episode is the news from Adam Miller's camp, finally committed, signed his letter of intent. Today, he's going to be an Illini. Yeah, huge news for the Illini. There were rumors swirling uh, the last couple of weeks that he was going to be at uh, committing to University of Michigan, maybe signing there instead of U of I because of the whole IO situation with IO going to the draft, maybe returning. But at the end of the day, of course, um, it, it had more to do with quarantining. Um, I'm sure you wanted to make it a bigger deal. Obviously, we remember the commitment video at the uh, Jordan store in, in downtown Chicago, how big that was, and a huge deal for you know Illini fans, Michigan fans, for Adam Miller himself. Maybe he thinks that this goes away in a couple couple weeks and he could make it a bigger deal. Obviously, you know, as the Illinois Mr. Basketball, I think he's deserved that. Um, but it's very clear that coronavirus is here to stay and he makes the decision, you know, the day of that he's going to uh, uh, sign his letter of intent. Yeah, and for me, um, another thing I saw that was kind of, uh, you know, another part of the rumor mill was that Maybe he was just kind of waiting for Io's decision to let Io take the spotlight and own that and not try to take some of the spotlight from, you know, a guy he knows, Morgan Park guy. Um, but either way, I think, you know, we were all expecting this to finally come. Today is the day, or I guess technically yesterday was the day Adam Miller is officially going to be an Illini and, you know, Brad Underwood, Orange Crush, the Illini in general are very happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you get another Illinois basketball player of the year, um, we haven't had that, I think, since um, Mark Smith, actually, because I think I lost it to THT. Uh, can you check that one for me, Anthony? But look, this is an Illinois Mr. Basketball player, um, and our top recruit out of Chicago, specifically Morgan Park. Um, it's all about building the, the pipeline and, and how big that's been for the Illini. And look, the Morgan Park pipeline is hopefully going to continue to turn out prospects for us that – um, can lead us to eventually a national championship as I almost did, or we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big step um, for recruiting for the future. It's also a big step for the play on court for the next one, two, four years. Who knows how long Miller is going to be with Illinois, but enough talk from us about him. Let's hear what he had to say in a press conference, a Zoom conference yesterday with some of the Illinois media. Here's what Adam Miller had to say about his commitment to Illinois. Uh, yeah, um, it came down to the final day, you know, quarantine, you know, it wasn't the best time, you know, a lot of people have been sick, you know, a lot of people have been quarantining themselves, been protecting themselves, so, you know, but it finally came down to the day, um, I made my decision to continue to go to Illinois, you know, a lot of people said there were out, a, lot, a lot of outside factors messing with my decision, but I was locked in 100%, like I said, and, uh, yeah, now that's a lot of nation, I'm part of my life. 
Adam Miller there at his uh, little signing party uh, he did on Instagram Live. He didn't um, actually do it, you know, with television or with people, which he probably could have, honestly, with, you know, I'm sure ESPN is starving a little bit for uh, some <laughs> content, get some, uh, get Adam Miller uh, recruitment video there going. But at the end of the day, it was about the quarantine. I think he always thought he was going to be an Illini. It was just a matter of when he was going to sign. Maybe the you know Iowa speculation is true. Uh, it it did for that matter. It did come out after Iowa said he was declaring for the draft. So maybe there's a little bit of uh, some legs in in that situation. But glad to have him as an Illini. Yeah, he is the newest Illini, and and moving on here in Oski Talk, we're going to chat with a former Illini. Um, you guys all know him as Barstool Carl. This is an interview I did with him talking about his time at Illinois and his pride that has stuck with him ever since. Take a listen. Today on the podcast, we welcome a very special guest, current blogger, former Illini, and longtime Cubs fan, Barstool Carl. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, glad to be here. One quick correction, once an Illini, always an Illini. There's no such thing as a former Illini unless you transfer or you get kicked out of school. Gotcha. All right. And so no transferring or getting kicked out of school for you. So always an Illini. Yeah. Amen. So how have you been uh, holding up during quarantine? We're, uh, we're doing well. I appreciate you for leading off with a personal question like that, Anthony. A lot of people just want to get into the business side of things. Uh, we're doing okay. I think we're doing the best we can as far as quarantines are concerned. Do you consume Barstool regularly? I personally do. Yeah. How do you think we're doing? Like, your opinion's way more important than mine. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I've been um, very entertained with the content. I like the uh, Joy Molinero hire. I, I was very, uh, um, I was a fan of his before you guys grabbed him, and, and ever since he's been on Barstool, I've been seeing him a lot more, which is funny, too. Yeah, he's super creative, and the good thing about having a guy like Joey around is, like, I think working at Barstool isn't any different than, like, being on a team and that when you bring in somebody new, in Joey's case, he's bright and he's funny and he does good videos. So it's like now it makes other content people look at it and be like, oh, you know, what do we like about this? And it's it's no different than having a great player come in and you're like, you know, it makes you want to play a little bit differently or better or think about your game and stuff. So he's a great addition. But uh, quarantine-wise, you know, Barcelona, so much of it's driven by the fan experience or the gambler's experience. It's very, it's very stooly perspective driven. And so taking the live sports out of it, um, has certainly been a challenge, but I think, I think Barstool, like we're very uniquely positioned that we can take advantage of this. So like it is a challenge for us, but it's a way bigger challenge for a lot of our competitors out there. And so it gets us to flex our creative muscles and stuff. So this is a long answer to a short opening question, but like, (laughs) you know, what a time, like what a time to be creating, content the sports media world with everything shut down yeah that's definitely a good point and you kind of bring me to the next question i was going to ask you is how did you originally get involved with barstool you know this is such a it's such a like wild story that takes place over like maybe 10 years it involves so many people and characters and hearing the word no and trying and putting it on a back burner and doing a podcast and stuff. So, um, you know, the long end of it or the short end of it, I should say is I, I got introduced to a guy named Dante 
when I just moved to Chicago, this is 2010, and I was interested in Barstool. I'd been reading it fanatically through college. Uh, was probably the only stoolie I knew in my group of friends. You didn't know anybody in Chicago that knew Barstool. And I got hooked on it in college. And I met this guy who worked for Barstool randomly. And it just started. There was like that one starting conversation. And uh, he's Dante now. He's Now he writes blogs for us. And he did the Blackout Tour. He's a very well-known entrepreneur and DJ and restaurant owner and all this stuff. And so he had, he had been really involved with Barstool. Um in the beginning, I got introduced to him, and to be honest with you, Anthony, it's like you start there 10 years ago, and I was like, hey, I want to work for Barcelona. What's it take? And so I was like, we'll start a blog, start a blog, send the blog in. And oof, I mean, I don't even know who's still listening right now, but like <laughs> it just goes back and then blogging, and then there's this period probably from – so I'm maybe 23 years old. I'm living in Chicago. I'm going to law school. I want to write for Barstool. I want to make some money on the side. And I started sending a blog in and I was using Dante as a reference point to El Prez and I was getting introduced and we were sending emails back and forth. And, and it, and it, and that was my first introduction to El Prez. He was like, Hey, I like your writing style, but it's long. You're not very good. So I probably traded emails with El Prez for maybe a year, you know, once a month or something. And then big cat got the job. And, and, you know, I just like dropped it. I was like, okay, well, he said no to me so many times. Big Cat has a job now. And then Big Cat actually reached out to me and was like, hey, can you start helping me out? So, I mean, think about how weird this is, right? right. So this, it's just a, it's, it's, it's such a difficult story to explain in context because I think Eddie and I are going to sit down on a dog walk in the next couple of weeks and, and do like a deep dive on like how we got to where we are. But there's no like funny stories from it. There's no like quick witted, you know, I did this and then I got this opportunity. I probably had to take 5,000 swings to get the full-time job. Mm -hmm. So like even in 2013, my first blog was about with the Cubs that just drafted Chris Bryant. Do you remember this? I, I do a little bit. But um, that was kind of in the, in the dark ages of being a Cubs fan, so it was more trying to forget yeah. everything. <laughs> I mean, we're talking eight seasons ago, seven seasons ago, and uh, and I wrote a free blog, and Big Cat was like, you know, do you you know, you know a lot about baseball? I've been following your blog. I was following Big Cat's blog, and this is dude, this is back like the internet's changed so much in that. Like, do you have a blog, Anthony? Um, no, but I I write for the Champagne Rooms blog. Um, SB Nation's blog, the Champagne Room at School, and then I write a little bit on the side with Cubs HQ. So, like, SB Nation now kind of, like, changed that, where it used to just be, like, I had my blog. It was called Sterkwood. Okay. Big Cat had his blog, and it was called The Hot Club. And, like, different people just had, like, their own little blogs. And there was just a way bigger community, and, like, saying the word blogger meant something because it was, like, an active thing where you were trying to create like your own blog website identity. And it's very much gotten away from that now where if someone wants to get into writing and they want to get into online sports media, they'll go to an SB nation or they'll want to get into an affiliated site because in your mind, you want to build credibility. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Now, back in my day, I shouldn't say back in my day because I'm only 33, but like when Barcel is developing online 10 years ago, like, it was more important to have a character than it was to have credibility. 
Okay. So when you own and develop your own blog and it's your blog and you're sharing it on Facebook and you're putting your name out there and you're telling your friends, hey, come check out my blog. Trying to build your own. You're trying to build your own name. You have a much more personal connection with the content. You're able to build a character. And so I think that was something that was unique to the timing. I was coming up and learning how to write and create an online persona. It was just my blog. And so when I didn't get the Barstool job, I was a consultant. I was studying for my CPA exams. I was still like a regular Joe. I take the blog, I shut it down. And Big Cat reaches out to me and is like, yo, I love your blog. You know, like it was the characterization. It wasn't about the credibility. Like, hey, you know, I'm a big deal. I blog for XYZ. It was just like I had been able to cultivate and create this like online character that Big Cat had recognized. I was like, hey, that's pretty unique. Can you help me out? Write a couple blogs about the Cubs, see if it fits with you. And so then it just kind of naturally fit into my my career. But that's fucking seven years ago, Anthony. <laughs> like, you know, there's so much that happens. The cat becomes a superstar. He moves to New York. You know, the Cubs win a World Series. I start a podcast with White Sox Dave. But all that was ultimately leading to where I'm at now. That's There's no doubt about that. It was like if we could ever get to the point where there was a bar soul Chicago and it was like the four of us that worked under Big Cat and we could do our own thing together and Big Cat got so big. Oh, my God, what a dream that would be become. And it's crazy we're living it. It's mm-hmm. a very long answer. But it's 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 so hard. I don't want to give you the short, cheap where it's like, yeah, I just worked hard or I got lucky I sent you. <laughs> like, because I get emails with people just like, hey, are you guys hiring? Hey, do you have an internship? Hey, here's my resume. And it's like, no, because I don't know who you are. Right. But if someone has this like online character and persona and it's easier to get identified and like, hey, this is what I do, um, you know, you're much more inclined for my position to take an interest in someone who's like trying to become somebody than someone who is trying to get recognized for their work, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it totally does. And across your time at, at Barstool, what would you say has been the best part? What do you want me to say? Anything. Whatever what first you, pops into you, the head. But, like, what do you... I'm interested in your perspective. Like, what... You know, it's like a young stoolie. Like, what do you think? Because, okay, so think about this. I spent all my 20s working a full-time job and then blogging at night. And people would be like, what do you mean your name's Carl? I thought your name's Mike. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a blogging handle. And, like, not getting paid. And then getting to this point where it's like, we should start this podcast. And then Barstool gets acquired. There's so many points along the way where you're like, that was the best. But I think today is. I don't know. Today was the best. Like, I did a serious XM radio show. I have crazy stories, though, like meeting players from the Cubs and stuff and, like, building relationships with guys. But I don't know if that stuff's the best. That's, like, becomes part of the job. I think when mm-hmm. it happens the first time around, you're like, oh, this is the best. But then you realize, like, no, it's my job to deliver content under these circumstances, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know if those are the best. That's why I'm asking you, like, from your perspective as, like, a young stoolie, like, what would be the best from your perspective? I think just based off your last answer and then to, to this question now, I think the best would be getting – building that persona and finally getting that persona online recognized. Yeah. Yeah, the satisfaction. There's, like, a, an overwhelming inherent, like – you did it because there is definitely this like tipping point where like okay you have the you have the critical mass to now be freely creative like when i started with barcel was like all right 
nervous, hit a home run, do a good job on this block, don't fuck anything up. Mm-hmm. Like, create this image, be, create good content. But then over time, you just want to, like, you, you don't want to think too much. You just want to react and stuff. And so, yeah, getting to that point where you're like, oh, I can do this. Like, this is, this is my job. This is my career this is it's just like who i am you don't really think about it and i have the experiences of going to like a job where like i sucked at it and i don't know what i'm doing or you're trying to be somebody you're not or you you know want to have more success than you have up front and so that's a great insight on your part yeah the getting to that point but you know the other thing though is like the overwhelming like control you know so like i could stay up till three o'clock tonight and do all my work for tomorrow and then get up tomorrow at like 11 and like do nothing until it's time to get on radio. Mm-hmm. So that's like a, but that's like a privilege. So, oh man, I'm rambling. There's like, you, you're asking me stuff where it's like, God, this is, cause you like end up writing a book someday about <laughs> because I've been so lucky, but yeah. Well, shifting gears a little bit into some Illini stuff. Obviously you're a big Illini fan and uh former Illini baseball player. Um, I just want to ask you, obviously the big news of the day is Io DeSumo declaring for the draft. What are your thoughts on that? You know, you have like, um, it's your knee jerk reaction isn't any different than anybody else's like, God damn it. You know, yeah. like Io, if he comes back next year, you know, you're a top 10 team, mm-hmm. you know, Adam Miller comes in. They already said Adam Miller would play with Io. That was speculated early. So your initial thoughts with Io is like, holy this really sucks. But like, I think, I think if you think about the history of Illinois basketball, it's amazing. Right. You know? And I think he's going to be a successful pro. And once people get to know him in the draft workouts, there's no way he doesn't go in the first round. I don't care what anybody says. Like anybody who's watched Iowa regularly knows he is heads and shoulders above every person on the court all the time. Mm-hmm. It's good though. As an alignment, you have to like, this is the type of suck that we have to learn to like love. Like we have to crave this. We have to want a guy leaving every year. Like Io has to be the first guy. And so it sucks right now because we've been so bad for so long, but there is deep down inside of me. I'm so happy that Underwood got his guy and he's going to get his guy into the NBA and he's going to be able to recruit off of this. And like, we have our memories. Like Io has games. It's not like Io's leaving and we're like, Oh, he left something on the table. Like, no, not at all. But that's me and alum. Yeah. I mean, you're the one who goes to school there. Yeah, the the thing I I keep thinking about is like my first initial thought is we wasted a chance at a tournament initially next year because without Io, without Kofi, a lot of guys leaving, it's going to be hard to get back there. Um but then at the same time, like you kind of look broader picture and it's like this guy has a chance to go make a name for Illinois on a bigger level. So why not do that? Especially player and you know how important that is with recruiting Mm -hmm. so like if this helps relationships too in the long run 100 percent. now take me through the lineup then with alan griffin out so yeah no griffin no io i'm gonna assume kofi comes back i think he's going to um because he's still okay assume he does assume he doesn't assume he doesn't okay so i think uh trent's still the one um i'd go adam miller at the two but he'll probably take the ball up a lot of the time, like Io did this past year. Um, the three you can flex. You're you could be a little bit flexible. You could use Curbelo, 
Um, you could use DeMonte Williams, but it seems like a lot of times this past year, Underwood liked to go small, so maybe Williams at the four and Georgie at the five, and then some of those uh, guys who sat out, like uh, Grandison, Grandison and Hutchinson, could kind of fill in that three and four role, and then uh, Coleman Hawkins is probably going to step up a little bit this year as well. Well, this will be a really interesting test for Underwood. This is, this is his first big test for the Atlantic coach. I know, you know, we say, hey, get back to the tournament. But really, as Atlantic fans, that's never our expectation. Our expectation is to go to the tournament every year, right? So, like, this was the year he put the tournament team back together, and you're you're going to have your bumps and stuff. So if, so if Underwood's developing these guys that don't get the playing time that might get five, six minutes a game, might play in the non-conference and stuff, but you just can't risk it on the road at Iowa to play these guys – you know, if he's doing the right things and the program's where it should be, then Illinois should 100% be a top 25 team again next year. If they bring back Trent Frazier to run and lead the team, and you have Adam Miller, and you have Georgie, there and Demonte Williams, that's a ferocious defensive yeah. unit, and like you, you should be a 20, you should be a top 25 team. Yeah, if Frazier can get his scoring back that he had his freshman sophomore year a little bit, um, especially with Io gone, he could kind of become that like assassin that he was offensively before. That really lengthens that lineup offensively too. But like you said, very tenacious on the defensive side. So what do you think about Underwood was on our podcast twice and we talked extensively about Trent and like getting to know Underwood. He's just such a coach. He's just like an unbelievably great guy, like the t- exact type of guy you want running your big time basketball program and he was talking about Trent and he was saying like, you know, and I have the same perspective as you like freshman year, Trent used to bomb, man. Like Trent used to come out, like, you know, Trent would light it up. And he was like, I Trent as a freshman is like the worst basketball player. And like, yeah, he could shoot, but he was just a horrible basketball player. Like he just, yeah. And he, maybe his numbers will never be where they were, but he is such a better leader and teammate and player. And, like, I just have to constantly remind myself while I'm watching Trent because he does this. That shot against, I think, was it Iowa or Michigan at home? was terrible. Like, he has these moments where you're just like, ah, Trent. But coach loves him, so that means we got to love him. Yeah, and the other thing, like, that you just proved is from his freshman year to now is that he's coachable. He's matured into this player that, can can lead the team and just shut down people defensively and he was a if you were an offensive player against him his freshman year that was kind of an easy bucket for you and now it's certainly not right right and Underwood values defense so much you know and and for Trent obviously that tells he gets so much you know so much tech when he's over 30 minutes a game so we'll see it'd be interesting to see how he comes back it's his it's his last year he's gonna leave it on the table this is his opportunity and Illinois has a good history of of those seniors having, you know, big senior moments. So Yeah, that's definitely true. And I, I want to bring the conversation to the potential for a new mascot. Um what do you think of the, the King Fisher idea? Yeah, I don't love it, you know. <laughs> I, I certainly don't love it. And it's so it's so nuanced too because Chief Alinoak is a deer symbol, which isn't a mascot. You know, the mascot's the friendly, fun, you know, put it in a costume and let it dance around the sidelines and a lot of people who are sensitive about the issue are sensitive because they lost chief at some point in their lifetime and i was a freshman when they took the chief away and it was very dear to my aunts and my you know brother and my mom and all the stuff who went there before me and you know you'd cry at halftime when they come out chief it was very sentimental i, I if you didn't experience it i know you didn't but it, it was really a, a special thing for alumni. And so when they took that away, there's just people who are just salty that their thing was taken from them. And so 
I think the the in this case though, the option's just bad. Like yeah, I'm with you. I there. think you just I think you just have respect enough to say if we can't the thing that our alumni love, we're not going to have anything. And it'll be interesting to see how long it holds on. The fact that this even has steam as a mascot is telling that things are shifting. When I was in school there, if they brought this up, you would have gotten your aspect. Yeah. That the, the Kingfisher this year, last year was the Alma Otter suggestion that never really got any steam. But um, one of my friends made the point that, you know, I think people were so hungry for a mascot because both the football and basketball team were so bad for a long time that you just wanted something to be entertained by. But now that both teams are kind of back, per se, you don't really need a mascot. To sound se- Not to sound sentimental, but, like, the actual official mascot of the University of Illinois is having fucking pride. Like, being a proud fan of your student body, like, it, the Illini pride, like that's how I identify, you know, the mascots for the event. So we like, we don't need anything. We show up. We're this, we're this world-class university in the middle of, you know, we're this world-class university in the middle of nowhere with terrible weather and it's smelly and there's almost no legitimate recreation around there or anything. And the idea that, like, you can still have a top 10 basketball team. You know, when I went there, we went to the Rose Bowl. We were we, we steamrolled people. We were awesome. And, like, that's the pride of being an Illini is, like, we're just going to be better than you guys. We don't need the athletic department of Ohio State or Michigan. We're just better than you guys. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that pride is definitely something I've, you know, kind of picked up in my – two years there are one and a half I guess you could say but uh, if you think of it like that way you really don't need you know a mascot running around in some otter suit you just need to be proud to be an Illini yeah you have the unique opportunity now as your student like do you go on the message boards I don't usually know do you follow recruiting a little bit okay do you look at like the football schedule, you know, where you like, are you excited about like who they play next year? Um, I'm excited for Illinois state to come in just because I know a couple of kids on that team. Um, I think we get Ohio state in Champaign next year too. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. And I remember my, um, going into my junior year, which is the year they won the Rose bowl or the year they went to the Rose bowl. And after that, after my in between sophomore and junior year, and Isaiah Williams was a freshman. He had started a bunch of games, and people were like, "Holy shit! Like, this kid's gonna be awesome." Richard Mendenhall is gonna be a starter. What's his buzz about? Really, is Ben is is he is he gonna come here? Ron Zook's gonna go get a five star, and like the buzz that just takes over the campus when you guys are good, like when. And so I just can't imagine how much it's changed since Lovey Smith was able to have the season he had, like stringing together those Big Ten wins. Like it changes the complete dynamic of the student body. It's got to be awesome. Yeah, I, mean, it, I feel so bad for the kids for the last <laughs> decade who got nothing. Yeah, the the 
honestly, the change from last year on campus to this year on campus, just because both the football and basketball teams were not only competitive, but just really entertaining was, was huge. You know, block became a bigger thing this year than it had been in, in years past. And going to, going to the bars for the basketball games was also a huge thing this year. And it, it really wasn't that big last year. Yeah, no, hundred percent. People are excited. You know, everybody's in a better mood. You know, just like yeah, that and that little bit, that little percent, that little bump to your social life, that little like jolt and energy in the room, it's real and it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It definitely makes a difference. Like when you have a big football game on a Saturday at home and it's happy hour and there's a lump pouring into the bars and like all the freshman girls are out for their pledge class and like just you have that whole mix of all these different generations of people down on campus at the same time. And like those weekends, like that is without a doubt, the best time to be a college student is, is the first semester when you've got those like big college weekends, everybody's around, everybody's happy, but it only happens if the team's good. So that's right. why you guys are lucky now. Yeah. Got, got a little bit lucky. Now we talked a little bit about basketball, a little bit about football. How about we talk about your days as an Illini baseball player? <laughs> Yeah, what would you like? To, what would you like to know? When you when you think back of it, what what sticks out? Mm, my buddies and like the road trips and the early morning practices, like the fact that I probably had zero business being on the team in the first place, and that like I didn't really figure out how to be a Division One pitcher for like maybe the first year and a half I was on the team. There's a lot of things that stand out. I mean, what's your favorite sport, Anthony? My favorite sport is baseball. Always has been. So like I didn't, I was okay in high school. I was the bullpen catcher my junior year. I was all right. A senior, I pitched a little bit, but I was like, Oh, I throw really hard. Like maybe, but I was out of shape. And so just like, imagine if you were a sophomore and you're like, went to trial for the baseball team and you made it. (laughs) What? And that's how it felt for you? So, yeah, I mean, it basically started like that. And and the coach was, I was like, am I on the team? And he's like, no, I'll tell you when you're on the team. So then I practiced for like a month with the team. And he didn't let me go in the locker room or any of that stuff. And I was like, hey, am I on the team yet? He's like, I'll tell you when you're on the team. And like, <laughs> I didn't wear the same thing as everybody else. And then fall ball ends, it's like October. And he's like, hey, we're going to have these workouts. I want you to show up in the morning. We're going to start like Sunday at 6 a.m. or whatever. So I go Sunday workout, 6 a.m. We go to the indoor facility. We just like, you know, run, work out, do all that shit. And uh, I was like, hey, am I on a team? He's like, no, 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 no. But <laughs> we'll we'll take you through off-season conditioning and like we'll let you know. And I was like, okay. And so I did that through through finals first semester. And, and I every now and then I'd be like, yo, like am I going to be on the Like what's up? Am I on the team? And he would just be like, no, you're not on the team. <laughs> And I probably heard that maybe like six or seven times. And then we got done with off-season conditioning. We had like a Christmas party. So I go to the Christmas party at the coach's house and I get a present and like everybody gets a present. I'm sitting there and it's like, you know, everybody on the baseball team. And uh, and I had been practicing and working out with the guys and I wasn't friends with anybody in the room. I maybe had like two friends, like the bullpen catchers. Like <laughs> it's, it was so hard to get along with these guys. They're scholarship athletes. They're dickheads. No, the pitchers don't want you there because you're working hard and they think you're a jag off. So it was just a really rocky experience to start. And I remember the coach giving me, I got this pullover. And so I'm, I'm standing in his kitchen and he's like, 
And I'm like, hey, I got a present. He's like, yeah. I'm like, so, so am I on the team or what? He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, Mike, you're on the team. And I started crying in his kitchen, and his wife was there. And his wife was like, oh, my God, this is so sad. And I just remember feeling like such a pussy. Um, and so, like, I think that story in of itself, like, well, how do I reflect on my time playing baseball? Like, it's super lucky, but it was a springboard to everything. Like, it was the foundation for my education in baseball, which then made me an attractive blogger to Big Cat because I knew baseball so well and could take my character and put it on Barstool for him. And just – so everything I have is because of it. I mean, my wife I met through the ba- – like, I met is, – is because she's friends and grew up with my best friend from the baseball team. And so it's one of those things where you think, like, man, if I went to the trial and I didn't, you know, have – I. You know, if I didn't pitch as well as I did, like, what would my life be? I have no, I wouldn't be working for Barcel. I don't know. I can tell you that. So, but it was a wild ride. I ended up, I pitched in 50 games, lettered twice, you know, um, tremendous relationships across all, all different classes of guys at Illinois. So anyways, that's just like a re- really long answer to a short question. But like, <laughs> if you look back on a time, it's like almost impossible to, because so much shit happened from it, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, if you even asked me to think of something that stuck out from my two years, it'd be hard to pick of just one thing. Just a lot of stuff happens. That's a good point. But I did have, if there's one thing I am lucky about, is that when I do reflect on those times, I was smart enough to know that I was lucky at the time. Like there wasn't a day that I went to the field and wasn't, so excited Mm -hmm. like i was there wasn't any time when i was like oh this sucks enough where like it it, i lost perspective of it like there were every night my head hit the pillow i was like shit i get to play a sport here like this is so sweet like Mm -hmm. you know and and i don't there's just the last thing about it too is like this does kind of tie over to barstool a little bit like when I got to Illinois, I just wanted to be somebody so bad. Like I just, I was a freshman. I wasn't in the business. I was in nothing. I wasn't, all I wanted to do was just be somebody. And by the time I graduated, I wanted to leave something and, and have an impact and know a bunch of people and go places and fucking know the bartender and all that stuff. And it has, that feelings always kind of followed me. And so like when I got, to Chicago and the barstool stuff. And like, that was another outlet through it. And there's like a huge connection there between like baseball was a way for me. I saw it as like, I can really like grow myself and become somebody through this. And it's the same thing with barstool. Like I just want it. I want to put myself out there. So it's deep shit. I'm getting deep on you, Anthony. I apologize. No, it's awesome. I, I love hearing it. I think uh, the title of your autobiography has to be, I want to be somebody. Yeah. Yes. That'll be a good, that's how, if you listen to radio, I'll tell Dave, maybe I'll, I'll bring this up to Dave tomorrow in some capacity. (laughs) All right. Thanks again to Barstool Carl for coming on the the show. That, that was a great interview. He's just such a funny guy. Yeah, he really is. Love the interview. Um, awesome to see his content and then specifically Alana contact obviously does Cubs and other Chicago stuff, but um, really a true Illini as well. Yeah, he's a, a big fan. I thought the story was funny of about him trying to make the the baseball team. He did workouts with them all uh, winter long, and he kept on asking, Coach, am I on the team yet? No, you're not on the team. Coach, am I on the team yet? No, you're not on the team. Then at the Christmas party, 
he gets a present and starts crying in the kitchen with the coach's wife. That is, that's a classic story that uh, I think, you know, when you think of Barstool Carl, you, you know, you got tough as nails, funny guy, but you know, there's a person inside of there. Yeah, of course. And, and you and I are big baseball fans. So obviously um, hearing stories about that, that are specifically baseball themed are always fun to listen to. Yeah. So thanks to Carl for uh, joining us on this episode and also Adam Miller for not only his commitment to the program, but also meeting with some of the media um, <laughs> uh, over a Zoom conference. But that'll do it from us for this episode of Oski Talk. For Patrick Catazone, I'm Anthony Pasquale. We'll see you guys next time. ILL. I and I.